Well, 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 we're once again on the move in the United States. Today I'm going to be sharing some creepy and allegedly true stories sent in by viewers from the state of South Carolina. As always, if you have a story from your home state that you would like to share on the channel, be sure to submit it at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I would love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. It's stories like yours that truly help keep this show going on a daily basis. Now, sit back, relax, be sure you hit that like button and subscribe if you're new, and get ready for these creepy and allegedly true South Carolina horror stories that'll freak you out tonight. I grew up in a very safe area for most of my young life. It was one of those neighborhoods where all the kids knew each other and often stayed out well after dark in the summers to play flashlight tag or search. Our biggest concern was calling our parents to let them know we would be sleeping over at our friend's house. I mention all of this to understand how terrifying my mother's story was to a relatively sheltered 16-year-old me. My mother was and remained one of the most muscular women I have ever known. She survived decades of mental, emotional, and I suspect in her early years physical abuse from my sociopathic father. When he tried to prevent her from getting away by refusing to help cover college expenses, she moved out and paid every cent independently. When a drunk redneck attempted to assault a friend of hers in a way that's not so good for YouTube, she gave him a hard right hook and dropped that pile of human garbage. And if people ever threatened her kid's safety, God help them. That woman would make Mama Grizzlies look friendly. So, as you might imagine, I never thought anything could scare this woman. But now I understand that even the bravest person can fear for their survival when monsters come out of the shadows. This takes place around 1985 in my home state of South Carolina. My parents had only been married for about two years, both very excited and determined to make something of themselves. They didn't have much money back then and rented a tiny apartment until they could save enough to buy a house. My mom hated that apartment, precisely the large window in their bedroom that people from the street could easily see into. They wanted to put up curtains, but there were no rods and the landlord was a cheapskate who threatened to keep their deposit if they even put a dent in the wall. It annoyed them that they couldn't even have privacy in their own home, but they decided to ignore it since it was a short-term lease this would be a very big mistake. Never ignore your gut. This open window would cause mom to have nightmares for years after. And now, let me tell you about how a murderer first targeted my mom as a potential victim. My mom was an avid runner and a competitive cross-country athlete through high school and college. So, she often went for three or four mile long runs in the evenings to clear her mind after work. She was running in a rural area with few houses and a little traffic on the road. It was an area that high schools like to use in the fall for track and cross-country training. She was out in early summer, so there were no students or other runners around. She liked the quiet and kind of mentally drifted off for a bit. As an old brown-colored car with tinted windows came up behind her, she moved off the road to let them pass. The car seemed to be going past her. The windows were even with her, and then it slowed down. The vehicle stayed this way for about 10 minutes or so, never speeding or slowing, only staying a few feet behind her. My mom realized this person had bad intentions and knew her life was potentially in danger. Worse, there was no one around who could help. She had to make a quick decision, 
so she sprinted off into the field next to her, thankfully finding a small ditch lined with several thick bushes. She crawled into the largest one and laid flat on her stomach to hide. The car had tried to follow, but the curb had hindered the back wheels. The person, attempting to gun it, but the car would not go forward. They were able to reverse it and get back on the road. They drove up the road several times, most likely trying to see if they could spot my mom. After five or six passes, they gave up and drove off. Mom was so scared she barely remembered to breathe, shaking and crying, waiting for this malicious person to get out of the car. Thankfully, they never did. After waiting 30 minutes and no sign of the car, she returned to her apartment as quickly as she could. My dad was home at the time and shocked to see her state. She told him what had happened and wondered if they should call the cops. My dad promised her he would take care of it and told her to take a long warm shower so she could relax. After all, this was home and he would never let anyone hurt her. Mom took that shower and started feeling better when she looked out their bedroom window. I think you can guess what she saw parked just outside. It was the same car. Utterly terrified, she screamed and my dad came running. She pointed out the car and he lost it. He bolted out of the apartment and ran towards the car, shouting that he would kill them if they even thought about touching his wife. Just to let you know, my dad was about 5'10 and thin as a rail, friendly and always ready to give a helping hand. He was not an intimidating figure to most people, but that day, my dad showed that animal side of him. He showed this creep that he would do whatever it took to protect his family. The car immediately backed up, tires squealing as the man booked it. My parents later called the cops and told them everything. Unfortunately, there wasn't much they could really do but ask questions, basically, since there was no actual physical attack. All they could do was make a note and advise my mom not to run for quite some time. The way they said it made it seem as if she was the problem. They grudgingly accepted this and moved to a new place shortly after. No deposit was worth their lives. A few months passed and reports of multiple young women going missing followed by two murders brought closure to this story. My mom recognized the car the murderer was driving. It was the same one that had stalked her. What made her blood run cold was the picture of his victims. All young, blonde, blue-eyed women who could have been her sisters. Over the years, I've googled the victims and it's shocking how they looked just like her. Down to how they styled their hair. According to the FBI profiler who went on to write the book that inspired Mindhunter, this man was one of the most vicious and sadistic killers he had ever dealt with. Maybe the most evil one in his career. After reading about how he would torture the families and make those poor girls write a last will before murdering them, I'm inclined to agree. For anyone wondering, you can learn more about this sick guy and his crimes by googling Larry Jean Bell. I want to say the year was 2005 or 2006. I was 7 or 8 years old and at a family cookout in a haunted ghost town called Pickneyville, South Carolina. Now, I know what you're thinking. Why the hell am I at a cookout in a ghost town? Well, a family friend owns the land that surrounds it, and still does to this day. I'm not sure what the event was for, but we were always barbecuing and riding ATVs through rural upstate South Carolina trails back then. It was just what we did. Now, I had always heard stories about this place from my mother and father, but I always brushed them off as BS or campfire tales. 
There are also rumors of the area being inhabited by devil worshippers, but I'm not so sure that's true. I didn't believe this place was haunted until my cousin and I rode our ATVs down one of the many trails. Just me and him, no one else. We were both young. I'm 7 or 8 and he's 8 or 9. It is broad daylight, and as we're riding, we both must take a quick bathroom break, so we stop, get off our rides, and start using the bathroom. I can't speak for my cousin, but I felt weird like something just didn't feel right. Everything seemed dead. There was no wind, no birds chirping, nothing at all. So after we relieved ourselves, we turned around and noticed a dilapidated building. Wondering why we didn't see it before, we stopped. I don't know. I really don't know how to explain the feeling I had upon looking on this thing. Regardless, we were curious, but we knew enough history of the area to not go about in an old building. So we just looked around and quickly noticed old tombstones that could easily be mistaken for big rocks as they were ancient and weathered. We had just taken a pee in an old haunted graveyard by accident. We looked at each other almost at the exact same time and said, oh crap. We quickly jumped onto the ATVs and desperately tried to start the engines, but to no avail. I turned to the key and pushed the start button and nothing, as almost if the battery was dead. My cousin's ATV was also dead. For about a minute or two, we're just trying to get our ATVs to start. And luckily, just when we thought we were screwed, at the same time our engines fired up and we proceeded to get out of there as fast as possible. I can't explain it. That sense of impending doom, like something was preying upon you, but we couldn't see or hear anything at all, was just absolutely menacing. When we returned to where the rest of our family was, we didn't mention it to anyone. I was happy to be with my dad and have a sense of safety. We didn't ride our ATVs for the rest of the day, and I haven't been to Pickneyville ever since. When you run a business, time seems more precious. Every misplaced moment feels like a missed opportunity or a lost chance to make your business better or more efficient, or even just to step away and recharge and relax. Well, luckily, ShipStation gives you and other e-commerce sellers like you more time to do what they really love. Unless what you really love is managing every single little detail of order fulfillment. But no worries, ShipStation automates time-intensive shipping processes so you can get back to focusing on bigger, better things and use your time much more wisely. It's no wonder ShipStation is already trusted by over 100,000 sellers, including myself. Honestly, without ShipStation and their platform, I would be absolutely drowned in all of the merch orders you guys send in on a daily basis. It works with all storefronts, Amazon, eBay, Etsy, and more, and lets you automate a lot of manual work that goes into shipping. So, what are you waiting for? Sign up using promo code SWAMPED for a free 60-day trial at ShipStation.com and start saving time with every shipment. That's two whole months of shipping made quick and painless, and it's free to try. Just go to ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the page, and type in SWAMPED. ShipStation. Make ship happen. I was driving around my old friend's neighborhood, keeping an eye on the place as it was quite the hot spot for unnatural occurrences. One such instance, when he and I were walking down his street, the sun was setting and the evening breeze glided through the trees. All the while, a peaceful, heavy, and suffocating surrealist filled the atmosphere. Just as a shiver went up my spine, 
He turned to the edge of the woods, and I followed suit soon after. As if on cue, a man's yell, painful and full of agony, broke the eerie serenity of the evening. Now we are both on edge and hasten our pace and walk hurriedly. His home was just ten minutes from where we were, but we knew that anything could happen between here and there if we weren't careful. About five minutes away from his house, another yell boomed from the woods. Only this time it was altered from before, becoming more and more animalistic as it dragged on. We increased our pace again, nearly running at this point. The daylight almost completely gone, and after an hour, we finally reached his front porch. That's when we heard it. Behind us we heard a screech in the woodline, an awful combination of a rooster's crow, a goat's bleat, and a dog's bark. After that, whatever it was hissed and began coming towards us at a very quick pace. The leaves in the trees rustled as it got nearer and nearer, jumping down from the branches and into the brush of the bushes and smaller foliage. We heard it land on the ground and soon after, it came crashing towards us, stopping just before it broke out of the woods cover. Whatever it was, began breathing heavily and pointed its bony, clawed finger out at us curling it in a motion as if it was tempting us to come towards it. Not long after, my friend unlocked his door and swung it open, both of us stumbling inside and slamming its door shut behind us. As we did, whatever that thing was hit against it and tried to break it down, if not at the very least frighten us. It then sounded like it jumped from the porch and back into a tree, dashing back into the woods. Later that night, we heard occasional scratching and tapping noises on the windows and doors and other parts of the house, but we didn't bother to open the blinds or investigate. Thankfully, we had the pleasure of not seeing what the rest of it looked like, but we did have the misfortune of hearing its screams. That's just one of the many uncomfortable, yet equally exciting experiences we've had together. If you want to investigate the area, visit Holbrook, South Carolina. It's in Dorchester County a quaint and quiet little neighborhood. Unfortunately, most of it has been deforested for housing development, but that doesn't precisely restrain any odd things from occurring. Just be on guard and stay safe. These occurrences take place in my new home in South Carolina. For some backstory, it was the year 2006 when I moved into my current home. I used to be an avid outdoorsman. I used to, anyway. Yesterday, while out on one of my daily hikes during the evening, I found an old, rotting note. After reading this note, I highly doubt I'll be back to those woods for a long while. The note read, I was out with a few friends for a get-together for a friend of mine. He was going to leave for college in a week, so everyone wanted him to go out with a bang. We were having this get-together in some private property that one of my friends, my few friends were Brandon, Kyle, Alfred, and myself, we used this property to drive around the ATVs and dirt bikes we owned. We drank for a while quite carelessly. Eventually, one of us had the idiotic idea to ride our ATVs around to make the effects of being heavily intoxicated even more extreme. I sluggishly went along. Someone had to be able to watch and make sure nothing happened to them, but it had to be me. I had drunk the second least to Brandon. I was basically completely sober. 
As we drove further, a sound that I could not describe to this day began to become more prevalent as we went further into the woods. The sound became so overpowering at one point that it covered up the loud noise of our bikes. Eventually, we were all on the ground screaming and covering our ears in pain and torment. No matter which direction we ran, even out of the woods, the sound would still grow louder. At this point, the sound became clear to me that it was most likely a scream. Then I saw something that I will never forget. I saw these, what I can only describe as animals. They looked like pale, light gray humanoid type creatures. They had to have stood at least four feet at the shoulder. Their heads had borne the charges of dogs, but the teeth were tiny, blood red knives. The screaming noise had ceased to stop. Then, there was one creature that stood out from the other eight. This one stood about six feet tall at the shoulder. He had a much more muscular build than the others who looked malnourished. His mouth was wide open, still bearing those sharp, long, needle-like teeth. But the biggest one, which I supposed was the leader, made a different noise. I could only describe this noise as a clicking noise. It may be necessary to mention that I have the most powerful build of all four of us. After my friend had been dragged away so inhumanly fast, I, I couldn't run that fast if my life depended on it, but at this point it did. But while my friends and I were being dragged away, I realized something. The screaming had stopped. After about two or three miles, there was a pit of bones from different animals, but the most common were human bones. The stench was so nerve-wracking that I eventually passed out. When I woke up, my friends were already dead. After seeing the bodies of my friends being eaten by the creatures, I will never be the same. The screaming stopped when the animals had something in their mouths. The screaming almost drove me insane. I resorted to feeding the creatures all my family, friends, and pets. All the people I know are gone. My family, friends, and even my pets are gone. I think the police are beginning to understand what is going on now. They have been showing up at my house more and more lately. The screaming won't stop. I have nothing to feed them except for myself. This is my suicide letter before I jump into the place where I keep the creatures away from all society. Anyone who finds this note, please drop the note now and run. I don't want anyone else to suffer my fate. Now, for whatever reason, I believe that this note is truly genuine more and more by day. A strange screaming noise has been coming closer to my home every night that I keep hearing. I, I don't know how much longer I'll be able to live here. Every night they just get a little bit closer, and a little bit closer. With my trusty revolver at my side tonight, I will most likely not be able to sleep. The sounds that I hear at night freak me out so bad that I can't sleep, and I have to somehow find some sort of prescription drug to make it work. I could hear a scratching noise at my door recently. I'm hoping that things are going to improve before I get out of here or hopefully at least hold off until I move. I plan to move back in with my parents in a few days' time. Wish me luck, because I sure as hell am going to need it. Like I said, when I first found that note, I thought it was just some sort of short, scary story, maybe something that somebody had put there to scare people. But after I'm starting to experience these things myself, this story is starting to seem a little bit more real.
I wish I had more information on this story. It was a very brief encounter that has always stayed with me since I was young. It may not be the most eventful, but it creeped me out. It started when I was young. When I was about six or seven years old, my family lived in an old house with a few dogs in South Carolina. It was far from uneventful there. I heard strange noises and saw strange lights outside our house. I was convinced the place was haunted. As it turns out, I may not have been wrong. One of the weirdest things that ever happened to me happened outside of that house. I used to go outside a lot back then. I loved being outside and the feeling of being out there, regardless of how warm or cold it was, was freeing to me. But I usually came back in before it got too dark out. I didn't stay out in the middle of the night, but one day I decided to stay out just for a bit longer into the evening. It was getting around 6.30 when I finally decided to go back inside that day, but before I did, I was interrupted by something extraordinary. Above my house was this sort of hill past a road that went through a forest. Up there was a neighborhood, plenty of people living there, at least for some nowhere southern town. Up there was a strange figure. I'd say it was tall, maybe six feet tall, but it was hard to tell from where I was standing, and the memories had been understandably vague since I was very young. I just sat there, staggered in disbelief. A tall, pitch-black humanoid figure loomed over me just over the hill. It was blank, and just black, sort of like a shadow. It looked distorted, though, like the shadow was moving around like static TV, if that makes any sense. Me being young and confused... I was stunned. It was so bizarre. I didn't know what to do, but the door was right behind me so I could run back into my parents at any moment. I felt safe for that reason. I waved at the creatures as it stood there, and it gave me some sort of wave back for a few seconds. I was so creeped out that chills went down my spine, my heart was pounding, and goosebumps rose on my arms. It looked human and was now acting human. I started making other motions, and the thing, honestly, kind of had a mind of its own, but also was copying my every movement. I started making other motions, and the thing just copied them every time. I even walked closer and poked behind a tree and it pretended to do the same, even though there was no tree for it to hide behind. I was thoroughly amused. I realized I would probably seem like a madman making weird motions to anybody who saw me. I looked around to see if anybody was looking. When I looked back at the creature, it was no longer there. The way it just stood there at first and then copied my every motion later was so strange and downright creepy the more I think about it. It seems like it was straight out of a horror story or something. The start of some climactic series of events. But I never saw anything like it again. I'm sure there has to be some sort of plausible explanation somewhere out there. But until then, this is the only paranormal story that I have. Thanks for listening to these creepy and allegedly true horror stories from South Carolina. As always, if you enjoyed these stories, please be sure to give this episode a big old like, as it helps me out a ton in the YouTube algorithm. The more you like this video, the more YouTube promotes it to fresh new eyes and it helps the swamp grow. If you're listening to this on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, please be sure to give us a 5-star rating over there, as it really does help us grow there. 
If you're new to the swamp, why not join us? Be sure to hit that subscribe button and turn on notifications to never miss a new upload, as I upload new episodes almost every single day on all things natural and supernatural. If you have a story that you would like to share, whether it's a story from your home state or something different, be sure to submit it at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I am always looking for brand new scary stories to share here in the swamp. I'd love to know your favorite story tonight in the comments down below. It helps me pick more stories and I love to see your guys' opinions. If you're on the go, but don't have YouTube Premium, but would still like to download and listen to your favorite Swamp Dweller scary stories no matter where you are, you can download them absolutely free from Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, and just about anywhere else you find your favorite podcast online. If you'd like to support the Swamp outside of that, maybe check out the merch store. I've got hoodies, t-shirts, and more, and I'm coming out with new designs very soon. I'd love to see you guys wearing some cool swamp threads. Maybe come join me over on Twitch. I stream over there multiple times a week. I play horror games and do other cool things over there, and I'd love to see you. You can find a link to that in the description. Thank you guys, as always, for supporting the swamp the way you do. I couldn't do this on a daily basis without you all. I really appreciate every single one of you. Be sure to join me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram to keep up with the swamp outside of YouTube. And I'll see you soon with another creepy episode.